Well, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Justice for All, the Wyatt Wright Show. I'm Wyatt Wright, and this show's about our rights and the laws that govern us. Rights you've heard of and care about and would certainly miss if they were gone. I've spent half a lifetime watching government go from trying to do what's right and failing to, well, trying to do what's wrong and succeeding. Every year, more and more of our personal rights are erased from the books while Americans stand idly by. But it's not because we don't care. Of course we care. But our lives are busy enough trying to feed our families and raise our kids. While we're busying ourselves with life, the metaphorical water temperature is rising all around us, like that frog who gets boiled without ever knowing it. On this show, we discuss issues that affect you and me, the people of Texas. We'll take a hard look at the laws that affect your freedom, your ability to access the courts to vote, to speak freely, or in short, to live the American dream. Stick around. We've got a great show for you on this beautiful Sunday morning. Joining us in the studio today is Gerald Jerry Goldstein, a nationally recognized criminal defense lawyer and past president of the National Association of Criminal Defense Lawyers and the Texas Criminal Defense Lawyers Association. Mr. Goldstein is listed in Best Lawyers of America. He is a Texas lawyer legal legend was named to the Texas Criminal Defense Lawyers Hall of Fame and was also named to the top 100 list in super lawyers. Mr. Goldstein has served as an adjunct professor of law at both the University of Texas and the St. Mary's Schools of Law. I'm going to have to jump in because we'll run out of time by the, by the time we get to the end of his CV. Jerry, welcome to the Wyatt Wright Show today. Thank you, Wyatt, for those kind lies. Well, and I worked on them all morning, so I'm glad that they worked for you. Well, they appreciate it. All right. Well, you know, here's the thing. You keep tabs on events in the courts and our legislatures and the things that affect our individual rights and freedoms, much like I do. Uh, and, and each week here on the show, we gather to highlight just some of what is going on in our state and in our country. Uh, but as a criminal defense lawyer, you likely have occasion to see some things that many folks don't. And I, I want to have an opportunity to talk about some of those and then just sort of go where we, where we might. What's going on in the, in the individual rights arena where the criminal law is concerned? Well, uh, why at our Supreme Court, uh, that is the Supreme Court of the United States, uh, over the past decade or so has turned a serious right turn. Uh, we probably now have the most conservative Supreme Court we have had in uh, half a century. Mm-hmm. It supports uh, the rights of the government over the individual and the right of big business over the government in almost every instance. Right. And, you know, that's a dangerous trend. We see that happening. Uh, it, it seems more and more, you're right, at the at the U.S. Supreme Court level. I'm seeing that at the Texas Supreme Court level. I'm seeing that at our legislative level. How is this really trickling down to folks that you represent, and what does it mean to, to a guy like you who's got to go into the courtroom every day and, and fight for somebody's uh, uh, civil rights? Well, I think in a, in a weird way, uh, the – New majority of the Supreme Court, represented by Chief Justice Roberts, uh, has seen an interesting twist. Uh, the first cases out of the box after Justice Alito, Chief Justice uh, Roberts became uh, justices, uh, saw a significant change in their attitude, for example, to our rights of privacy. Of course. Uh, there was a trilogy of cases that dealt with uh, issues for example, the federal exclusionary rule, which is the only remedy we really have for instances where the police violate our rights. And they went from explaining to us that just because the police uh, invade your constitutional rights doesn't mean they're going to uh, execute the remedy of excluding the evidence that they obtain uh, as the fruit of that illegality, uh, to uh, reminding us that it was a balancing test, that somehow 
we balance uh, uh, the rights of the individual against the rights of society. And uh, quite frankly, generally speaking, uh, we understand something, that unfortunately the only remedy we have for violations of these constitutional rights in criminal cases is to punish the police by excluding the evidence they obtain by by invading our rights. Uh, And that means that only guilty people technically are rewarded by the exercise of the exclusionary rule. If you didn't have anything, there's nothing to suppress. There's nothing to exclude. So that as a matter of course, uh, it, uh, the general public has this impression that, hey, uh, I don't think I'm saying, sure, I don't have anything, I don't have anything to hide. Why yeah. should I worry? Yeah. Well, uh, you should worry because that's the way we protect the citizens, uh, from, uh, illegal police activity. After all, the, uh, the Third Reich didn't gain their hold. Uh, on on Nazi Germany by imposing their will, they uh, came into power on a groundswell of popularity. Sure, uh, on the fueling the same kind of flames and fears that we have today: so. fear of outsiders, fear of foreigners, fear of people that don't look like us, minorities, uh, uh, those that are different. Sure, and 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 what you what you just said there uh, disturbs me a little bit, and I want to go back to it. You said that the Supreme Court is now using uh, as part of their analysis balancing the rights of the individual. I guess that's the person who's in front of the court uh, against those of society. Uh, what bothers me about that statement is that can't it, it can't it be said then uniformly that society should always win? Well, it does because the way they describe it is that the, what they're balancing is uh, the right of the individual against setting the criminal free and the dangerous at large. Well, mm-hmm. you're never going to win that balancing test. Uh, right. uh, that's one that you're destined to lose at the outset. And after all, the individual is society. And how we treat the least of us is how ultimately we can expect to be treated ourselves. Right, and and it seems to me that the goal of 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 upholding the prohibition against unreasonable search and seizure is not necessarily, not only rather, for the person who's before the court at that moment. I mean, I mean, as you say, we think about it. Well, if they didn't have the goods, the fruit of the crime, then, 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 then they wouldn't have had anything to worry about. But aren't we also saying then that if that's okay, then the police can uh, willy-nilly walk into any house, walk into any car, walk into anybody's backyard, search what they like, and and if there's nothing there, then you don't have anything to worry about. So the danger here you also isn't don't just have a Remedy-wise. And there's no remedy. Right. There's no remedy. So it's not just the person who's before the court on that day because he had the illicit thing in his trunk. Uh, it's it's the hundreds of people that might uh, uh, be violated in a search that there was no reason to be looking in the first place. And you're precisely on point, Why the, the concern is that's the mechanism by which we impose limitations on illegal police activity. And it's interesting. Subsequent to those initial three cases, there's been a trilogy of cases uh, that dealt with things like attaching a GPS device to a truck, mm, I see. Uh, a dog sniffing at your front door, uh, and most recently a mandatory warrantless blood draw of someone suspected of, uh, of uh, drunk driving. And in those cases, all of a sudden the court's starting to understand, and I, I think it's because we now understand that in the original intent, of our founding fathers, was to prevent King George's redcoats from breaking down their door under the writ of assistance. Right. Uh, it was physical. You could see it. You could smell it. You could feel it. Uh, the current invasion of privacy is much more subtle and it's stealth-like. It uh, 
you can't see it. it it's it's data mining. It's uh, electronic surveillance. Good point. And perhaps it's more dangerous. Perhaps it's more sinister because you can't see it, because you can't feel it. It cuts it that quick at that crossroads between your Fourth Amendment right to be free from unreasonable searches and seizures and your First Amendment right to free speech, to free association, to to have intercourse with your with your neighbors. And they're stealing something perhaps more valuable than things. They're stealing your thoughts. They're th- stealing your conversation. Sure. And I think the court's starting to understand that because on your computer, uh, for example, the, the, the GPS device, uh, five of the justices said, well, it's the attachment. It's the physical intrusion of I attaching the, the device. Five justices, slightly different majority, said, well, I'm not worried about the attachment. When I bought my cell phone, it came equipped with a GPS device. They don't need to attach anything to it. It's the monitoring that I, I'm concerned about. Sure. And it monitors 24-7, 365, uh, and it stores it in some cloud where they don't need to be doing real-time monitoring. They can come back and decide where you went, what you did, uh, not just today but last week. And uh, it's not just where you went and what, and just not just following you on the GPS device. All of our data whether it's text or emails, are being sent through a third-party provider. And I, I know you and all our listeners, when you hit that agree uh, oh, sign yes, on your computer, yes. you read that three-page uh, small print. Absolutely. I sat there and read every bit of it. And, no, of course I didn't. And no one does. And, no. and it says that you don't own that, that it, it belongs to the third-party provider. Correct. And under the Electronic Prime, uh, Secrecy Act of uh, 1960, 1986, uh, the government can obtain that without a warrant, without probable cause, without seeking a judicial intervention. And how do you think they got WikiLeaks? There's some real dangers here, and it is becoming more sophisticated. I, right. You've probably seen the more recent stories about Google Glasses. Right, I saw that. Well, you, do you realize that they're going to have the technology to be able to look at you, do a facial recognition, go oh, into goodness. databases, oh, and learn about every habit you have. Sure. When, when was the last time you went to a sure. gay bar? Not that sure. you do, but uh, sure. what, what, what did you uh, say to someone? Sure. And, and I learned this week when we were listening to the sophisticated intelligence coming from the uh, Boston bombing investigation that since all of our communications, even our oral communications, mm-hmm. are being digitized, there is a mechanism by which they can obtain all of that information, not just our text, not just our emails, but not the just whole thing. everything. Right, and I'm going to come right back to that. If you've just tuned in, you're listening to The Wyatt Wright Show. On this show, we point out and discuss the ever-increasing disappearance of our American rights. Joining us in the studio today is attorney Jerry Goldstein, nationally recognized criminal defense attorney. Uh, and I want to get back to what you were talking about, about this data and the the, the ability to to uh, to gather and look at that data anytime uh, Big Brother wants to. Uh, and, and maybe I'm off point, but let me tell you something that just drives me nuts. It comes down to why are we doing it if we don't have to? So many people will tell me, well, it's innocuous, Wyatt. Why, should, why is this really a bother? I mean, it's the greater good. Uh, an example that I think of is when I go to a local store, uh, and and one of the one of the large chains here in San Antonio, the first question they ask me when I get ready to check out, even though I have cash in my hand, is may I have your zip code? Uh, 
may I have your telephone number? I, I realize that, that, that generally that's probably being used for marketing purposes. The point is that's something that is not necessary to this transaction. I've got cash in my hand. I'm ready to buy the product. Uh, and if I don't have to give that extra information, why should I? So if I'm walking down the road and my cell phone is trickling data about my location, it may very well be innocuous today. What bothers me is that it may be, be available one day under different circumstances. Well, and, and they store it forever now. Sure. Uh, it's, it's always there. And by the way, you, you might consider the fact that cash is probably the most suspicious commodity you can have <laughs> in your right possession these that. days. You're right. Uh, one of the things we might want to think about is one of the justices, Justice Alito, in his concurring opinion, the five justices that were worried about monitoring, yeah. not attaching the GPS device, uh, they talked about the fact that this information, they, they suggested that, for example, when Olmstead versus New York came down, that there was a uh, – Congress's reaction was Title III in the federal wiretap statute, yes. and states followed. Well, that's one thing, but wiretaps, who – who engages in, in tapping phones? Absolutely. Uh, jealous spouses in the right. government. Right. Uh, this information that this data mining that they're that's a very valuable commodity. It's it's commercially marketers don't write it off as innocuous marketing. Right. That is a very valuable com- commodity. They are profiling everyone, not profiling you by focusing on you, but it's being profiled by computer programs that don't know any of us from Adam. But it's being stored and the the integration of those yes. various com, uh, computer programs sure. are allowing retailers they know when women are, are pregnant yeah. by just which vitamin i read this the that's other day right. just which vitamins they're taking sure. and all of that is information that marketers find valuable so if we think we're going to control this through legislation we're going to have a serious lobbying effort being put on by corporate marketers Backlash, who, who sure. have a a, a, a very uh, significant vested interest in this issue. Yeah, I think you're right. And that type of that type of uh, pushback. Well, we see it in, in, in all aspects. Uh, we see it the big corporations pushing back if we want to uh, enact laws that uh, want to keep our water clean or our, our air clean. Any of those things, we see it from uh, big insurance companies pushing back if we want to focus on more transparency or accountability in the insurance transactions. Certainly, something that I see as a lawyer, and, and you see in other other ways as well. Uh, it, it, I want to know this. Tell me, what do you think? Uh, the temperature is, and, and we're going back to that unreasonable search and seizure thing. I don't want to uh, kick a dead horse, but one of the reasons that perhaps it's not in the forefront of our mind is because it's not happening on our block. You mentioned about this going on in the background. How uh, would the reaction be, in your estimation, if America knew uh, the way in which this data was being used on a daily basis? Would it be would it be supreme reaction or would it be blasé? I think citizens are concerned about this. And I'll be honest with you, the Supreme Court has changed colors. Uh, that new majority with the Chief Justice and Alito has now turned into a fractured majority. Alito is no longer within that group. Uh, and what we're seeing is that the emphasis in those first three cases, that first trilogy that seemed to limit the application of the exclusionary rule, are cases that don't focus on the deliberateness of the of the police activity the culpability of the police activity the flagrancy they don't mention that uh because i think when it comes to i think they may not identify with people that have drugs or or other contraband but they're not anxious about the guys or gal sitting next to them knowing what's on their computer they're starting to get it and i think we're seeing a a much more sensitive court towards privacy issues and i think that's true with the general public as well i think the public cares at some point about their privacy uh and if they don't we should 
alert them and sure. alarm them uh, that what they're giving up is the individuality that has made this country great. Well, you're right. And, and no longer can, do you just walk into, uh, you want to get information on a subject, you go into the library and look in a book and no one's the wiser. You Google anything and there's a trail of that having occurred. Uh, and that, of course, is something that ought to give quite a few people pause uh, indeed. Now, you know, something else I'd like to talk about, and I, I know you've probably got a list of things, but I, I just wonder what your thought is on this because we tend to see uh, what, what I think now is uh, of politics becoming more, and not, not, not one versus the other, I don't mean that, but we tend to see politics becoming more and more a measure of character. Uh, people are using that as character assassination. We're seeing that when it comes to little issues, uh, uh, but also when it comes to big issues, so that if something's done wrong, it's the other guy's fault, uh, and it's pitting neighbor against neighbor. Is this something that you see increasing uh, in America? Certainly when we talk about unreasonable searches and seizures, I can see there being factions developing, and we've got people actually lining the fence on this issue well it's true but often it it results in strange bedfellows uh, uh well, that's a the, good point it does well i mean that the, the, i'm an old hippie from the 60s and yeah. what i was concerned about them finding in my bedroom uh, a lot of the nra people are worried that they're going to come in and take their guns sure uh the right meets the left on the other side of the earth uh uh what you see are a lot of the libertarians and some of the liberal democrats uh finding common issues and uh uh joining forces on some of these issues we now have drones uh, that are small enough you can't even see them in the room with you. Uh, we've got uh, there's this terahertz device that New York City Police have that they they can look at you through the radiation that you're em- emanating, decide whether you have a weapon or not. That's well, correct. Is that a search? Uh, these are interesting questions that I think everybody has to decide. Is there a limit to what I'm willing to give up? Because as this technology and technological advances in surveillance increases. Our expectation of privacy is diminished, and maybe today we need greater protection rather than less sure. in terms of our founding fathers. Now we see, well, that's a good point, and we see this at the airport uh, as well. It's been a continuing issue in the in the media and certainly among people talking. Uh, how much is too much when I'm going to walk through uh, the scanning device? Certainly we all want to keep uh, uh, weapons and, and the things that might hurt us off of our airlines, but at what point do we say, look, this is going too far. If somebody wants to figure out a way to get this on the plane, is this really the way they're going to do it? And instead, am I giving up too much by allowing them to have full body scans as opposed to metal detectors? We that's, see this all the time. That's the tough balancing sure. test. You know, my if my grandmother had thought that in order to get on a means of public transportation to go from Rosenberg to San Antonio, she was going to have to give up these privacy rights. She would have been shocked. But I, you know, I have to admit that it is a balancing test. And at some point, we all have to understand where that balance makes sense. But at the same time, the idea that we're willing to give up all of our rights in order to protect those rights is a foolish endeavor. Now, I want to come right back to that. If you just tuned in, you're listening to the Wyatt Wright Show, show where we're pointing out uh, and identifying the uh, gradual disappearance, in some cases not as gradual, of our individual rights. And joining us in the studio today is attorney Jerry Goldstein to talk about these issues. Now, uh, here's something that is, has always uh, caused me to wonder if this makes a difference in Americans' attitudes towards that's an okay intrusion or that's an intrusion that's gone too far. When I look at the population, 
population coming up today. My kids, as an example, they've grown up on the computer. They know what the computer is. They're more techno-savvy than I am. They, they began their life in a world where uh, uh, there have always been uh, a very serious scrutinies of you before you get on an airplane. So to a lot of the upcoming generation, it seems to me that this is the status quo, and it's the expected status quo. Is there a concern, or should there be a concern, that a lot of the individual liberties that some of the older generation uh, does not take for granted, perhaps the younger generation and continuing generations will? Of course. And part of that problem, you know, it's sort of the old adage that, you know, parental control of your computer. What a joke. I mean, if you if, you're, well, if you can't true. use your computer, you go go find a 15-year-old to help you figure it out. You got it. Uh, but the, the, it is true that they have a different sense of that data mining. Uh, for example, they kind of like the idea that iTunes asked them what songs they want to, to hear, and maybe you'll like this. Uh, at the same time, uh, we need to sensitize uh, the youth to what they're giving up in the long run. Uh, because I think, uh, they're, they're pretty savvy. Uh, they do care. Uh, but as the Supreme Court pointed out in a, in a fairly recent uh, opinion, uh, the expectation of privacy is not a static, uh, That's a good uh, point. uh ex- expectation. Sure. Uh, it, it is a evolving expectation. And perhaps there are times when people are willing, uh, because that it, it's more convenient. It right. tells them what they need to know. Right. Uh, it tells them how to get from one place to another. When I need to find the KTSA studios, sure. uh, I, I use my GPS device. When, uh, although I'm old and from San Antonio, <laughs> and I knew. Uh, but uh, this, and it also provides security. Uh, how do you think they recognized who those kids were? Uh, in in uh, in Boston, there were cameras everywhere. In London, there's a camera on every corner. That's right. Uh, if you have a convenience store bombing, uh, I mean uh, robbery, uh, you get to watch it on TV. Sure. I mean, it's always shocking if they have one that the first that there wasn't a don't. camera there. Right. Uh, uh, I we had that Martin case, the exoneration up in Williamson County in Georgetown. I wanted to avoid Austin. And I got on that new uh, freeway. Sure, and, the tollway. Yeah. And I thought it was cool. I didn't have to stop at the toll gate yeah, or anything. And then I got a bill about a month later and it has my picture behind the wheel with it's my It's an alibi. Plate. It's your alibi. Well, it, it tells you, <laughs> it tells you where you've been. That we're being monitored, uh, day in and day out, whether we like it or not. Well, let me ask you this. And, 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 you know, this has been so much fun. We're getting close to the end, but I want to ask you your opinion on it. I saw a lot of commentary on this after the arrest of the second, uh, uh Boston bomber. Uh, and it had to do with, uh, the, the Miranda rights not being given for a period of time under under a premise that that uh, would uh, uh, prevent the government from perhaps being able to get some information that they needed at the time. And I hear many commentators or heard many commentators saying, well, he didn't get his Miranda rights until such and such a time. Now, is that a misstatement? I mean, people have their Miranda rights, whether they're given to them or not. What impact do you think that this has on our on our society now that we've got to face these acts of terror? Well, uh, terrorism and terror is terrible. Sure. Uh, but when the anti-terrorism statute was, was passed, certainly after 9-11, uh, it passed 98 to 1. Russ Feingold from Wisconsin was the sole voter against it. He right. said, look, I'm not against the act. I just like to read it first. It was right. 364 pages and nobody even had a copy of it. Sure. The, the, the idea that we're going to throw our rights away in order to protect them uh, is a foolhardy, uh, endeavor. And I think we need to be careful, uh, to understand that uh, terrorism is a threat, but we shouldn't let it just a name only, uh, be a reason to give up the rights that this country was founded on and that we want to protect. And that's the difference between us and them. 
don't let them accomplish their deed just by by scaring us into giving up those things that we pr- pr- uh, protect and cherish. Sure, and and we we're talking about the exclusionary rule. So it seems that if there was an application uh, of Miranda in this case, uh, the only implication, if at all, would have been whether or not anything they obtained could be used against that gentleman, as opposed to going out and finding uh, other bombs in. Absolutely, in the absolutely. Yeah. The, the the point is that uh, it's an evidentiary rule. Got it. And if if you're not going to use it in his or her trial, we didn't need it in that trial. Sure. Uh, fine. You want to? I mean, I'm not suggesting torture is okay. I think it isn't. I think it 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 also produces poor results. But you could beat a confession out of somebody as long as you didn't use it. Uh, in, in the courtroom, the, they'd have a cause of action. I don't think the, the Boston bombers are going to get very much money, uh, suing the government. You're right about uh, that. The, the point is that we can do whatever we want to to protect our safety, but that's a totally different question, uh, than whether or not they should have their rights protected in the court of law. Don't forget it was John Adams who stepped up to the plate when he was a lawyer, uh, in the, in the revolutionary days to represent the British soldiers engaged in the Boston massacre were yes. a, a a great grandfather of a San Antonian, Sam, Samuel Maverick, uh, was slain. Uh, and that representation, that recognition of the rights of every individual, no matter how much you hate them and no matter how heinous their acts may have been, uh, is something important to protect. It is. It's a hallmark of her society. It certainly is what uh, what ought to distinguish us from the rest of the world. We carry a banner uh, of justice, and, and we do that very openly, and I think with good reason. But if we're the ones who are going to regress away from that, then, of course, we may very well be sealing our own fate when it comes to public opinion and opinion in the rest of the world. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, what would we think if it was our daughter or child or son? Uh, abroad who wasn't given a lawyer who wasn't given uh, their rights to cross-examine and, and uh, appear and have a trial uh, what if they were presumed guilty uh, how would we feel about that country and our child's uh, rights uh, it's something it is important that we as a civilized country and as the leader of the world uh, Im- ensure that every person no matter how hated and uh, reviled they are receives the same protection as we do or less we give those rights up ourselves. Well, that is very well said. I want to thank you for joining us today, Jerry. Uh, it's been marvelous having you here in the studio. Always a pleasure, Wayne. Uh, Gerald Goldstein is a nationally recognized criminal defense lawyer who we are fortunate enough to have living right here in San Antonio. His accomplishments are legendary, and I'll tell you, if you ever get the chance to sit down and visit with this fine gentleman, do not pass up the opportunity. Ladies and gentlemen, people are losing their access to justice every week. The integrity of our justice system is oftentimes the only thing left to preserve our rights and liberties. Whether criminal or civil, the courts give us the venue to complain of wrongs and injuries. This is more important now than ever. We have drug companies, oil companies, big insurance companies, and other large corporations which dominate our political process, and thus people cannot depend on political uh, processes alone to save the day. So when corporations and their CEOs act irresponsibly by delaying or refusing to pay just insurance claims, producing unsafe products, polluting our environment, or swindling their, empl- their uh, shareholders and, and uh, uh, employees, the last resort for Americans is to hold them accountable in a court of law. If we don't, our rule of law will mean very little indeed. Don't let it happen. Our children deserve better. We're going to wrap up this show, but as you go through your week, remember that it was Justice Learned Hand who so famously said, if we are to keep our democracy there must be one commandment thou shalt not ration justice have a good day everybody come visit us on the web at whyatrightshow.com like us on facebook and all that good stuff download our shows from the itunes store talk to you next week have a great day Why?